The Guardian. If, since the start of the pandemic, you've found yourself coughing in public and feeling a little bit paranoid, you're not alone. As the months have gone by, the list of symptoms associated with the virus has grown. But along with a fever, a persistent dry cough is something we've constantly been told to look out for. And now, as many countries experience the pandemic's second wave, just as winter is arriving in the Northern Hemisphere, awareness of our coughs is growing. It is actually normal for us all to cough, even when we're healthy, um, but not very often, probably about once every three to four hours on average. But how do we tell the difference between the possible onset of COVID-19 and the kind of routine cough you might normally experience at this time of year? And what might be causing the characteristically dry cough which is associated with COVID-19? I'm Linda Geddes and this is Science Weekly. Jackie Smith is a Professor of Respiratory Medicine at the University of Manchester and an Honorary Consultant at Manchester University NHS Foundation Trust. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You must be busy at the moment working in a hospital up in Manchester. Yes, yes. It's it's certainly getting busier at the moment. We're seeing more coronavirus admissions onto our wards in recent weeks, for sure. Jackie, from the start of this pandemic, we've been told that one of the main symptoms of the coronavirus is a persistent cough. What What actually is a persistent cough? Well, in medical terms, a persistent cough is a cough that lasts for a long time, more than eight weeks. But in terms of viral respiratory tract infections, which is what coronavirus is, I think what's being referred to there is that that people are coughing a lot of the time during the day. Um, It is actually normal for us all to cough, even when we're healthy. Uh, About 90% of healthy volunteers will cough at least once during a 24-hour period, Um, but not very often, probably about once every three to four hours on average. Um, So if you get a viral respiratory tract infection like coronavirus, you cough a lot more than that. Um, And we we can measure this with cough monitoring devices. So uh, we can show that typically during viral respiratory tract infections, people cough about 20 times per hour during during the daytime. Is there actually a technical definition of what a cough is? I mean, what's the biological mechanism underpinning it here? Absolutely there is. Typically, a cough is triggered when either a chemical or mechanical stimulus irritates a nerve in the airways. What forms the cough is that the first part is somebody will take a breath in, they then close their throat, close their vocal cords, and the muscles in their chest contract to build up some pressure behind the vocal cords, which then suddenly open, and it produces that characteristic sound that we all recognise as a cough. In the case of COVID-19, do we know what's causing this constant coughing? I mean, it seems to be characterised by, you know, coughing and coughing and coughing. What's going on there? In general, we believe that viruses trigger coughing by by several mechanisms. First of all, the viruses themselves may actually be capable of activating the nerves. But perhaps more likely is that inflammatory mediators released by cells lining the airways when they're infected by the virus are are, are probably the things that are most responsible for causing nerve activation and that triggering of the cough. 
But in the patients I see here in the hospital, their main problem is that they're they're breathless, um, and that's often what brings them to the NE department and, and keeps them in. But they do have cough as well, and generally it's quite quite a dry cough that's troubling them. And what about mucus or sputum? So some, you know, sometimes you get those really chesty coughs. Is that different from a, a dry cough? That mainly refers to the fact that some coughs are driven by patients wanting to bring up phlegm and clear their airways. And you, you can hear that in the cough sounds and you hear a rattling in the airways. Uh, where there are other, whereas other coughs are, are just very dry. And in that situation, we think the main problem is that the infection and associated inflammation in the airways is actually sensitizing the nerves that control the cough reflex. So the cough is just triggering off inappropriately and it doesn't really serve any purpose to the patient then, um, but it is a problem for spreading these infections. You mentioned earlier some people just cough when they're healthy. Do you have any insight into why we cough when we're perfectly fine? It's a protective mechanism. Uh, So the whole point of the cough reflex is to stop foreign bodies getting in there so that you don't inhale when you're eating and drinking and also to prevent irritants from the atmosphere getting into the airways as well. We don't have specific data to tell us exactly why healthy people cough but my suspicion is it's because they're being exposed to things in their environment so say changes in temperature or perhaps a bit of pollution that's just enough to trigger the reflex because even in health it's it's reasonably sensitive uh, because it wants to give you that protection. That makes me think about sneezing actually I, I have this thing where if I move into a different room quite often that will trigger me to sneeze. Yeah. So we know that the cough reflex is is set up to be sensitive to things like temperature changes, irritant chemicals in the atmosphere. So things like pollution. If you have a sensitive cough reflex, you're often bothered by things like perfumes, air fresheners, cleaning products. So, yeah, the cough reflex is designed to respond to these things. And, you know, even in healthy people, sometimes those sorts of exposures will be enough to trigger a little bit of coughing. But it will usually be just one or two coughs that will settle down pretty quickly. And of course, everyone's got really paranoid about coughing now. Um, I find myself, especially, you know, if I'm in a supermarket or something and I feel like, oh, I might I might need to have a little cough. Is everyone going to look at me? Is there a kind of psychological element to coughing as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the first thing to say is that it really is a a rotten time to have a chronic cough. My patients who I see in the clinic, uh, uh, you know, are very embarrassed by their cough at the best of times. But obviously during a pandemic like this, you know, they worry that people think that they're infectious when, when they're not. And I think the other factor here is that most people who have a chronic cough will tell me that if they're under any sort of stress or they're anxious and they're worried about coughing, it tends to make it worse. They tend to cough more. And so I think the more we feel that we shouldn't be coughing, the greater risk of it actually happening. And that's probably just down to the way our nervous system is wired and the fact that the cough reflex is part of the autonomic nervous system, which is what responds to stress. Oh, that's really interesting. And, with, and you know, with COVID, but I think lots of other viral infections as well, people 
unfortunately find their coughs continuing for weeks or even months after all their other symptoms have gone. Do we have any insight into why sometimes you get these coughs that just linger for weeks and weeks? It certainly seems to be the case that a lot of patients who get chronic coughing, as in more than eight weeks, and it can go on for months and even years, about a third of them do report that a viral infection was one of the things that that started it. And, and our suspicion is, is the nerves in the airways that control the cough reflex become sensitive. But for some reason, that's not settling down again as it normally would do during a, a typical viral infection. Whether that's something down to certain viruses that cause a more permanent change in the nerves, or whether it's certain individuals and the way their immune system reacts to the virus means that this sensitization persists, or whether it's other things that they've got going on, such as problems with acid reflux from their stomach, or have they got a bit of asthma or some nasal problems. These other conditions can help feed into that sensitization and perhaps help keep the cough persisting for longer. Cough aside, you know, we're, we're coming to learn more and more about this long COVID phenomenon where people are remaining ill for significant periods of time after getting the coronavirus. As a respiratory specialist, is this something you're worried about for the future? It certainly seems pretty unpleasant for people who are suffering from this. Certainly, we've seen people with quite unpleasant symptoms in terms of persisting chest pains, breathlessness. And some studies are suggesting that that chronic coughing may be a problem as as well. Um, a lot of the data I've seen is only really out to sort of two or three months. So I think it's it's hard to know at the minute whether some of these things are just taking longer to settle down or whether on average they're going to be very persistent for, for much longer periods. What would your advice be to somebody who's who thinks they've had a coronavirus infection and they're still kind of coughing several months down the line? I think the first thing to do is to get in touch with their primary care physician because it is important to make sure that, you know, there's not something else going on. Um, Obviously, if you've had a cough during coronavirus or some other viral infection and and it's persisting, that is the most likely thing that it is just a post-viral cough and perhaps it will settle with time. But once it's lasting for more than eight weeks, you know, general advice would be to seek some medical care and your GP may well want to send you for something like a chest X-ray and maybe even do some breathing tests ultimately just to try and make sure there's not something else going on that's causing the cough to persist. Can having a persistent or a a chronic cough cause any damage to the body? We don't think so. Um, There are a number of specialist clinics around the UK and indeed around the world these days that look after patients with chronic cough. And as far as we can tell, it doesn't seem to do damage to the lungs, for example, but it is just a very unpleasant thing. It's very disruptive to people's quality of life because, you know, the coughing can be quite violent. It can be so vicious that, you know, it can cause you to retch and even vomit. You do get cases where people can break ribs coughing. It puts them at increased risk of things like hernias. And and it's just very disruptive and, and embarrassing. You know, they can keep their whole household awake at night if they're coughing at night. And, you know, and at the moment, as, as we already touched on, you know, everybody's very worried when they've got a chronic cough that, that people are going to think they're infectious when they're not. Is there anything people can do to reduce coughing, whether it's a kind of behavioural thing or, you know, I wonder about things like cough syrups and cough pastels? There are a huge number of cough syrups and over-the-counter medications out there. 
and remarkably little research to know whether they work or not. Uh, the idea is, is that they soothe that sensation of irritation in the throat that people get when they're wanting to cough. And my suspicion is, is that they do do that, uh, at least transiently. Some of the best evidence out there for, for viral cough is actually in children and for the use of honey. So there is some evidence that honey can reduce the amount of, of, of coughing, again, by that sort of soothing sensation in the throat that reduces the tickling. Um, but other than that, there isn't strong data to suggest these things are helpful. You can actually do things like dry swallows and sniff swallows, which our speech and language therapists teach people to help control coughing. But it's important to only start to employ techniques like that if you've been properly investigated to make sure there's not an underlying cause for your chronic cough and it is just a very sensitive cough reflex. What's a sniff swallow? <laughs> it's simply a sniff swallowed by a, followed by a dry swallow. So, so swallowing reduces your urge to cough. It's the thing that people do quite often when they want to cough is that somebody gives you a glass of water, don't they? And actually swallowing will temporarily inhibit your cough reflex, which is the way we're wired up. We don't want to cough and swallow at the same time because you might inhale the liquid or food you're eating or drinking. And so swallowing and sniffing actually inhibit coughing just for a transient period. And in people who have a chronic dry cough, those sort of manoeuvres have been shown to be pretty effective. In one study, they showed you could reduce the amount of coughing by about 40%. But those things only really work well if you're taught them by an expert in the field. And they should only really be used if it's been confirmed that you don't have any underlying problem. So you have to make sure it's safe to suppress the cough in that way. That's really interesting. So actually what we should be doing if we're coughing is is having a drink of something sweet maybe to soothe and and have the swallowing sensation. That's probably the simplest thing you can do if you're worried about coughing um take your bottle of water or or something sweet with you and that's certainly what many of my chronic cough patients do. They're rarely seen not clutching a bottle of water or something that they can sip. <laughs> well it's been absolutely fascinating speaking to you. Thank you very much for your time and explaining to us all about coughs. Not at all. You're very welcome. Thanks again to Professor Jackie Smith. We'll be back with another Science Weekly soon. Look after yourselves. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.